G'day, it's Jamie Soward here. Welcome to another edition of Power Hour with Soward. This is where I catch up with some of the biggest names in rugby league. Today I'm joined by 2018 Dalian medalist and Warriors captain Roger Tuovasashek. Now he caught up with us in camp before his game against Tonga. So if it's a little bit dusty, make sure you stay listening because he, he says some really, really cool stuff. Well, Roger, it's a huge occasion. Thanks for taking time out to join us this week. You take on Tonga. What's the vibe been like in New Zealand for this anticipated test match? Yeah, the vibe's been good. Uh, you know, everyone's excited to recreate that, that event we had last time we played Tonga and Hamilton. It was a, it was a, it was a big buzz for the for Auckland and uh, for Hamilton and New Zealand. So, um, yeah, so looking forward to going out there and getting a job done. And, yeah, Auckland's buzzing at the moment. You must be excited to put the All Blacks or the Kiwis jersey back on, having missed that tour at the end of last year. And uh, you're looking at your team. I mean, you've got a fantastic team. You've got Dallin Martinez Lesnar has been pushed on to that wing. How have you found the week in camp? Yeah, no, I'm really excited about about chucking on the black jersey again. It's, yeah, like you said, my last my last uh, sort of game with them was back in 2017. So I'm really enjoying being back in camp and being. Around the boys, um, team-wise, yeah, just yeah, just can't can't wait to get out there. Training already with them has been awesome. Dallin, just someone who's been classed, and she moves to the wing, so it's it's good to have his his type of players out there. And you've got big Kenny on the other wing, and yeah, our back three is looking pretty good. And looks forward to taking on um, Tonga this weekend. There's something I've always been jealous of when we sit back, and I think every Australian sports person is when the Kiwi does the haka, uh, then you've got Tonga and their war dance as well. How much, I guess, practice, but also what are the feelings going through you, you know, when you perform that yourself? Oh, it's just lots of emotion, you know, just what we're trying to do now, lay down the challenge for the, the opposition. When, um, at, you know, during the, during the week, all the boys are not doing it as hard. They're, they're practicing the haka pretty quietly, you know, just trying to get the words, trying to get the accents right. But come game day, when you just put it all out there, lots of emotion goes forward and you just, you lay down the challenge and just want to do your best every time you, you get out to wear the black jersey and that's always takes us to the next level. How young were you when you did your first haka? Um, I was pretty lucky. I did my, um, oh, just in general? Yeah, in general. I mean, I look at, it's it's in every Kiwi school over there, I think, isn't it, that you have to learn the haka and there's so many different versions. When did Roger Tuovasashek learn his first haka? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was pretty lucky I learned. Um, I, I've done plenty of um, hackers coming right through school, right, <laughs> uh, right through intermediate. I know that's, what, 12, 13 at high school. So, yeah, you learn it pretty early. And I think every kid learns um, the All Blacks um, haka as soon as they start walking so yeah you do it pretty early on and so when you get to do it at professional level it, it just means that much more the last question I've got about your New Zealand sort of thing last year you won the Dally M and it was an amazing season that you had you received the medal and then Isaac Luke Jordan Rapana Jazz Tavanga and Essan Masters stand up and perform the haka to you to say uh, you know rewarding you and saying how proud they are of you run me through that sort of 30 seconds when those guys stood up yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was a real, um, real emotional night, real special night for me, and and just to see Isaac Luke stand up. Um, what sort of goes through my mind is um, you sort of doing haka to honour the honour the the person and honour the, the achievement they've just um, been rewarded. And the last time I did a haka for someone was for uh, Monty Vatuve, who's um, 
um, his, his departure of the club and Simon Mannering when he reached 300. And in my, in my eyes, those are real big occasions. So to receive one from Isaac Luke and the rest of the lads, it was, yeah, it was special. And, um, yeah, they knew how much it meant to me. And, yeah, I just, yeah, it was, um, yeah, no words after the, after that moment, just, yeah, lots of raw emotions. I watched it back before interviewing you today and I actually started getting a little bit nervous because you're one of the guys that I sit down and watch every week. That that moment, would that be one of the most proudest moments in your career when you realise that those younger guys and, and older guys who have done it all, I mean, Isaac Luke's won a, a premiership, played you know, over 30 tests. How much did that mean to you when you sat back and you look at it now and you think, well, the Dalian was special and, and I understand that, but for those guys to do that in front of everyone and show you that respect, it, it must have been an emotional uh, night for you. Yeah, it's massive, you know, just to um, get the respect from players, like you said, like Isaac Luke, who's, who's almost done it all, and, and also players from other clubs, you know, I, I appreciate the Jazz Sivanga and, and Isaac Luke, because, you know, we would we're with each other every day, but when the players from other clubs, um, other Kiwis, you know, got up and and performed, it just just meant how you just could tell how much it meant to them, and and it just made it, you know, that that more special. And yeah, well, remember that for a long time. How important is this game on the weekend? Because New Zealand have been forever, you know, I guess little brother in terms of on the international stage to Australia. You have, you know, upset the Aussies a couple of times, but now you have another threat in Tonga and England who are coming and growing the game very, very fast. This is a huge game in terms of not just for what it's doing for rugby league, but certainly for the World Cup preparations for the Kiwis. Yeah, this is a, this is a big game this weekend. The boys are, um, you know, all been. I'm working really hard to so really get get into the squad like myself, and I'm just I'm just looking forward to going out there and representing the country, and just glad to be back in black. Um, you know, we're trying to put the results behind us. It's all about just going out there and just putting on a show and and working for each other. Um, you know, if we do that first, then you know the results will come, and and hopefully the rest of the good stuff will follow. All right, let's go back to 2012. You made your debut for the Sydney Roosters against Gold Coast at the old SFS or Allianz Stadium. What was running through your mind then, Roger? Were you a confident kid going into that game or were you just sort of you know, bright-eyed and, and ready to get out there? What were you feeling? No, the, the only thing going through my mind during the debut was don't stuff up. Uh, <laughs> we were playing Dragons and, yeah, we weren't actually going too well, but so my mind was don't stuff up, don't stuff up and just have fun with it out there and yeah, luckily we um we did that, but we actually didn't do too well. So, but hey, still enjoyed my time. And you fast forward a year. You talk about not doing well in 2012. You fast forward a year. You're on the wing. You're in a grand final winning team. How, how do you, at such a young age? I mean, that was you know six years ago. You were just sort of a baby, really. <laughs> how do you come down from that? Because you try and you're a captain now. You're trying to relay to yeah younger guys in your team that these magic moments don't happen. You're in your first or second season and you win a grand final. Yeah, it was crazy. I was pretty lucky to be part of that group and for us to, to go and go right through to to do the job, especially where we were last year. I just for me, it was just being so young when we won, and I was looking at the older players and they're all in tears and they just couldn't believe it and. For me, being so young, I was like, oh, did we just, oh, we won the comp. Oh, that's pretty cool, eh? We won the comp. Not too, that's not too bad, isn't it? And then, yeah, but now that I've, um, you know, had a couple of years and sort of known how how, how, how tough it is to, to even be in that in that, that time of 
throughout the season. So it's crazy, man, just to just to look back and say, man, I'm so, I'm so lucky I was part of that 2013 group. And if I can do that today, it'll, it'll be it'll be an amazing um, journey for myself just to go from there to where I am today. It's hard to explain to, to young kids coming in, especially when yeah, they've had yeah. success, because I remember we won in 2010 and I was 23. And you're right, I was looking around at Dean Young and these older guys that have been yeah, so close. <laughs> and they're, you know, I'm thinking, this is great, party time. They're crying. And you realise when you get there how hard it is to do it again, but also exactly. to get back to exactly. the finals. And I guess you guys are probably feeling that way at the Warriors. You're a little bit inconsistent when you go home, but on the road you've been fantastic. Yeah, it's, um, it's been one of those type of seasons for us at the moment, not going not going the way we want it to go. But um, hopefully we can, you know, get get that a good run in the back end of the season. But yeah, with the with the club, you know, it's um you know it's been through some. Um, not so good places, and hopefully we can try and build to, to take it to where um, where other other clubs have taken their their side. You know, hold a standard that the top four have, and one day they'll be the dream to to hopefully have the Warriors and that that's be talking in the um, top four side. And yeah, we're going to build that from somewhere, and that's what we're trying to trying to build. Hopefully next couple of years. Roger, how hard is it carrying the the hopes of a nation every year? Because, <laughs> I mean, everywhere you go, I mean, you're, obviously you're recognised, but the Warriors fans, they're ruthless, aren't they? They're like every other fan base. They want to be winning. And sometimes when you see Mark, Mount Smart has been a little bit quiet, uh, it's a real opportunity for teams to come over. But you must feel the pressure at times carrying the weight of everyone in New Zealand. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird to... To think that you know, I just, I just put it as uh, we have such passionate fans, and like you said, everyone just wants the same thing. Everyone wants to win. Everyone wants the glory. But um, you know, I just put it to everyone. They, they, they all work hard for this. It's unfortunate we don't get the points every every game, but everyone's out there working hard. Everyone's out there doing their thing, and, and I'm just the same as everyone as well. You know, I I want the win too, but um, doesn't always happen. So hopefully we just. You know, keep keep showing that we're our efforts there, and the members and fans keep turning up, and uh, we just try and yeah, just try and do our thing, and hopefully they stay on board. Who was your hero growing up? Um, oh, that's pretty simple. That's it's my old man. You know, I looked up to him and the sacrifices he made for our family, and you know, they they moved over to New Zealand and they had to learn a whole new language. They had to. Find find somewhere for us to live, and yeah, that's that's the type of people. Oh, that's that's who I look up to, and I call it my hero. So, who gave you the step then? Yeah, yeah, it was him. <laughs> so he was a he was a mad rugby player too. He loves his rugby, and I remember going to a few of his games, and he actually told me the story where like he came off the field, and I was asking him, "How? What'd you do there? What'd you do there?" And yeah, he showed me, and he drilled it into me as we we're playing a bit of touch at home. And fortunate, I kept. Keep playing alongside of it. Keep um, keep trying to add my own flair. Watching a bit of YouTube of um, Benji Marshall and Sean Johnson, trying to pick it up a bit more. So yeah, pretty lucky there. <laughs> it's an it's an amazing step and how you maintain your power. When you talk about your game, Roger, and you say you watch Benji and Sean, who was a real influence in those younger days when you're playing on the wing? You make the transition to fullback. You had the great Anthony Minicello, but who yeah, helped you yeah. develop into that into the player that we saw? You know, going forward, yeah, arguably one of the best fullbacks in the world. No, yeah, I think you're right on, right on the money with Anthony Minicello. There, he was, yeah, he was a good mentor to have around. I was pretty lucky coming in 
um, having him there once when I started. He was there at, as, as a, the main fullback, so I was learning a lot from him. And then we had Sean Kimmy Dow and, and Sam Parrott who were on the on the edges. So there are other two guys who I really went to for, for tips and, and how to sort of learn the craft of playing on the wing and fullback. But, yeah, those three guys were the ones that really helped me when I was at my recent days. I'll tell you, Sam Parrott, I played with him uh, a long time, actually, and then against him. One of the most professional guys you'll ever meet, and yeah. I can understand why you got so much out of him. Your decision to leave the Roosters, mate, was it clear cut? Did you think about staying? Did you did you feel like you you wanted to head back to New Zealand and try and achieve something, uh, get the uh, club's first premiership? Well, mm-hmm. at first uh, that wasn't the plan. You know, I, in my mind, I was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm enjoying here in Sydney. I love it here, you know, we're doing pretty well. I'm pretty lucky to be in a team, but, you know, just the fact to sit down and when I really thought about it, it was it was real tough to actually think about coming home and, and my I, I, my partner, Ashley, she's been travelling around with me and living with me and my my parents. And so the the biggest thing around that was being able to start a life and, and that's what really caught my eye was being able to set up my family in Sydney they've worked hard for that but also being able to set up my partner Ashley and and I knew wherever I went to next I'll just back myself and and try to and try my hardest and hopefully good things work on the back of that but my, my main choice was about my family and then my future of my family and and then wherever I went with the Warriors it was I was an Auckland boy so it was a, another easy choice to move home and to try to work hard there it's uh, some people or most people when they read the paper they pick up and they say oh Roger Tuivasa-Shek he's left for the money but 99% of the time players will tell you their family comes first and it's about where they can grow as a family and you've obviously seen that by going back to the Warriors but you did, almost didn't go you, you were tempted to go to rugby and join the All Blacks maybe to play in a World Cup was that ever on the cards how close did you get? Yeah that was that was pretty close. You know, I was about to follow in um, Benji Marshall's footsteps and make the transition over to the Auckland Blues and, and have a go there and to see what could come from that. Um, what I position would you have played? Probably would just start on the wing, yep. trying to learn the game again. You know, just go there. and Because I, I still love the game. I still watch it today, and Auckland Blues is my team that I follow. But, you know, but it was definitely a, a, a real decision to go back because Coming back to New Zealand, that's what you see and read about. It's just rugby 24-7 here in the country. So, um, yeah, it was hard to, to stay on. If you're off contract, uh, whenever you're off contract, do you sit down and maybe think about giving rugby a go, knowing that it is in your blood? You've watched your dad play. You love it so much. Uh, could you see yourself one day potentially sitting down and seriously maybe having a go? Oh, man, it's, it's, for me, it's still too far for me to, to tell you know I, I still got four years here at the club and I'm enjoying my, my rugby league and there's still a lot I reckon I can learn from from the game and and the players who are in this game so hopefully one day I can you know sit back and say you know I've, I've achieved everything I wanted to achieve and I will look on to having a crack at something else but for me that's way too far to, to call and I'm just enjoying what I'm doing right now with the rugby league Roger in 2016 you did your ACL playing for the Warriors. How tough was that for you? Because you hadn't been injured, I think I'm right, pretty much up until that point. You'd been 
you know, playing, you, you had the you know the step, the game, everything like that. You're at your height of your powers, and you do your ACL. How tough was that for you? Yeah, that was a, a tough year, 2016. Um, when I got my first major injury like that, especially during the season, I was missing out. I got yeah the ACL. I, I didn't really know too much about the injury. I thought I was going to miss a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, he'd come back in, I don't know, maybe four or five games and then back into it. But, yeah, sitting out the whole season, especially when we weren't doing so well, that was pretty tough. And, yeah, it was a big hype for me to come over. And, unfortunately, I couldn't fulfill that hype. And that's what really let me down. I really um, why I was really um, down that year. And, yeah, but, you know, looking forward now, I'm just glad that I've learned a lot from that, that year. And, um, hopefully, picked up a bit of resilience and ready to go again for, for whatever comes my way. Yeah, you say you learned about resilience. You would have also learned the time of patience. When you have those long injuries, you can't rush things back. When you do start the process to come back from that injury, Roger, where where were you at with your step and, and putting power into it? Did you have to sort of be pulled back a little bit or did you take your time building back into that stuff? Man, what, what really got me was how basic I had to go. Like, right. I, I understand that, like, okay, I won't be able to do my big step on my left foot. I'll just just do a few running, straight leg run. But it wasn't even that. I was, they were just trying to get me to walk again and do basic cycles and everything was slow. And we'll do a lap up and back and I go, sweet, I'm ready to do more. And they go, no, you're done for the day. But I have more to give. No, you're done. And that's what really stressed me out because I'm, I'm one of those guys that likes to go, go, go. And yeah. I'll go 100% right from the start. But when they pulled me back and slowed everything down and, they said, no bike today, you're not on the field, you're on the bike today. And, yeah, that's what really got me, but um, just taking it real back. But like you said, once I learned patience that year and, um, and I, you know, real respect to the, the boys that have been through it and players have been doing, like Adam Blair has been doing this for 13 seasons. That's crazy. And, you know, you respect those guys and that's, that's where, you, like you said, you learn the, the patience. Yeah, well, your next NRL game is going to be 150th. I don't know if you knew that, but... Um... Oh. When you look at it like that, you, you, I watched that game with Adam Blair, and you know it was, it was a good win up on the Gold Coast. But 300 games to play in the middle, uh, now you're 150. Yeah. You must like, you must have a real respect for those guys. I mean, I played with a couple of guys. I I couldn't have lasted 10 minutes in the middle, let alone <laughs> 300 games. But it's a real culture thing that you guys value over there is respect and, and what guys have done in the game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, we have you have to you have to respect all those guys of pioneered before us who have, who have you know taken our games to where today like you know just the amount of um, fans that we have here at the Warriors they, they're lifetime fans because of players like Stacey Jones and Ruben Wickey they're lifetime fans because of those those boys who have been before us and um, you know even the recent recent Sean Johnson even though he's he's left our club there's still a lot of Warriors fans um, who still love her because Sean Johnson's um prime time was the first he's going to go and do great stuff um, but yeah it's people like that who have gone before us and like Adam Blair he's 300 games in the middle um, yeah it's crazy and um, yeah he's well respected and around the club And but you know he looks after himself and that's what we've learned from him there, just being a true professional and if you hopefully stick to what you, you say you're going to do then it should be alright when you're asked to become captain of the Warriors you have to be captain of guys like Adam Blair who's won a premiership Isaac Luke how does Roger handle that kind of stuff how do you go talking to those guys that are older than you sometimes have done more than you in the game mm. 
man, it was tough. The year that they appointed me captain, we had Brian Hoffman, who was just released as captain. We had Simon Mannering, who was a legendary captain. And we had Adam Blair coming over, Isaac Luke. I was... I didn't even speak in the team meetings. I was, yeah, I don't know what to say. You know, there's, in our leadership meetings, we have these players sitting across the table. I am not saying it works. So, right. Yeah, it was it was crazy at the time, but um, I just keep, I was lucky that, you know, they just keep backing me and they just, they had, they just keep supporting me and, you know, just grateful to have their support and they're the ones who sort of got me to back myself even more. So, yeah, pretty buzzed to, to have those type of boys when I started and it's given me confidence to, to do what I'm doing today. When did you know, uh, Roger, that you were, you know, you you felt comfortable within your own skin? Because it takes a while. I mean, I talk about halves yeah. taking a while to mature to tell, you know, season forwards to get in a position. But as a captain, with all that experience across the table from you, was there a one game or one week where, or someone said something out of that group that that made you feel comfortable to be able to, not necessarily yell at people, but certainly be confident and be the captain of the Warriors? Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to, to think back to one one particular moment where um, where it sort of made me feel like I was ready. I just I can just think of constant lessons that I've learned. You know, you know, making the calls. You know, I'd make a call, and then Simon Mannering would would make another call, or when there's a quiet moment, and then Isaac Luke would say something. There's there's so many lessons that I take where uh, where I reflect over the over that year and. And then when I speak to some Mandarin, he just keeps telling me that back yourself, man. The boys are listening; they respect you. And I think having chats with him really, because he's highly respected in our group, having chats with him really makes it makes it a lot easier. Future goals, obviously, is to win a premiership for the for the Warriors. But what about yourself? I mean, you've done everything you can in the game. Where what's your future goals when you sit down at the start of the year, or do you look back and and then make a goal? How do you go about goal setting? Um, yeah, no. For myself, it's just to just to hopefully lift standards in the in the club, and hopefully I can take a few more players off me to to go to you know go to the big awards at the end of the year. You know, to fill a whole table at the daily ends of all Warriors players being nominated. That's sort of my goal. Hopefully, to to just to be the the best that I can. Hopefully, to get some more players to to strive to be the greatest they can. Last year was um, an awesome feeling with me, Jazz, Sivanga, um, Isaac, Luke, David Fossi Tua to attend those awards or, or be recognised and sort of if I can push other players to be the, they can, the best that they can be, then hopefully there's more players that will be recognised this year. And that's that's what I, I get a lot of joy out of, just seeing a lot of, lot of players from my side um, be recognised for their hard efforts. If you could give yourself a piece of advice after everything you've been through, and you're still only young, but if you could give yourself a piece of advice before your first game, what would it have been? Probably one I, I constantly get today is um, um, just to, to trust in, in what everyone's saying, trust, trust the, the process and trust why why the coach has, has chosen you. So, so when you get the opportunity, go out there and, and do your do your thing and and do everything that you practice. So, so if I was about to debut this year, I'll I'll let this player know that you know you're you're there for a reason. So go out there and have some fun and, and do your job really well. What was your worst game, Roger? Where you came off and you thought if the t- if the coach doesn't pick me next week, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh well, the Roosters game. Um, 
Roosters versus no, actually, this is a hard one to say. It was my it was my my debut for the Warriors, right? And yeah, so I've I've moved over to Auckland on on such a high. Um, a a lot know, of a lot of attention. My, yeah, yeah. So, but my all my mind was packing the house, moving the house, and I was playing overweight, and I don't think I could make a tackle that that year, and especially the first game. And I remember I got a a break and I just couldn't finish it. Was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty tough year. So that that first game, my my first game for the Warriors would be my worst game. <laughs> Don't worry, mate. I had plenty, so it take me half an hour to answer mine. What about your best game where you came off the field and yeah, you were buzzing and and the teams played well, but you have those feelings as a player where you think oh, I was just on today. Um. Uh, well, um, I think probably um, Isaac Luke's um, 250th game last year. We played like, against Newcastle Knights. Yes. Um, yeah, for some reason I was just making the, through the gaps and not getting tackled. So <laughs> I made more more metres than tackles. So pretty lucky there. What about your first car, mate? What was your first car? My first car was a Daewoo. A Daewoo? What colour? That is a red a red Daewoo with a maroon door, though. <laughs> yeah, was what what was the story behind the maroon door? Oh, that's it's actually a funny story. Um, so my sister was dropping me off um, to see um, to see a friend, and she crashed into the car, and I didn't want um, I didn't want my parents to know who the person I was going to see. So I I bought the car. I paid for the car. <laughs> And that was my life savings when I was working at the supermarket. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to see someone who you didn't want your parents to meet. Yeah. And you, you... It's, my, it's my partner who I'm with today, so my, my fiancé. So we were dating back in high school, and yeah. I told my sister to drop me off to her house. Yeah. Um, so then, but then my sister was on her way home, and she hid into a car, and I didn't want her to tell my parents. So I bought – so I – didn't I negotiated to buy the car that that my sister hit into, and that car was the red Daewoo. So I, when I went home, I had a brand new red Daewoo <laughs> with the maroon door. And I, yeah, so that's yeah. Crazy. How much did it cost you? It cost me, it cost me nine hundred. That's everything I had when I was working at the supermarket. Oh wow! Um, um, I want to talk really. I want to. I want to talk about your brother. Yeah, yeah. His social media presence and how hard is it to have a meal with him without him taping it or, or playing jokes on you? No, he's slowed down a bit of that. Um, he's always, you know, when he's at home, he's just he's real casual because cause he's in the in the camera, the, the camera so often. So when he's at home, we we we're real chilled and you know he we're the same. We just like to relax and just just yeah eat with no no social media or no. No cameras around, but no, he's he's all good. Yeah, pretty happy the way he's going and doing his thing. So, yeah. Thanks very much, Roger, for taking time out on the Sour Power with Sour podcast. I appreciate your time. No, no worries. Thanks, Jamie. mate. Thank good you. luck tomorrow. Stop, oh, Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Thanks, Thank mate. But. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Power Hour with Sarah. Don't forget to jump on, rate, review and subscribe. We'll be back next week.